0: welcome to another episode of the strong for performance podcast i'm your host meredith bell and today i'm just absolutely delighted to have with me as my guest adam Kavalik. adam welcome to my show
1: thank you thank you i'm really really glad to be here
0: well it's so interesting because so many Folks that I have interviewed, I originally met on LinkedIn, and that is how you and I also were connected. So, there are just some great people on LinkedIn, I have to say. And the reason I'm excited to have Adam here, there are a number of reasons because we just clicked so well. I love his energy. I love his spirit. Um, Adam is a life and leadership coach in Sweden. He travels extensively. And so he's um, on the go and does a lot of his coaching remotely. Um, He does one-on-one coaching and also works with groups. He conducts workshops primarily with entrepreneurs and small business owners. And Adam, I love that one of your goals, and I think I found this on your website. I didn't even talk to you about it is that you want to end suffering Mm. and it's so (laughs) that resonates with me because so many people are suffering not physically but the thoughts the mental anguish they bring upon themselves and i just love that that's your focus to help them alleviate some of those self-imposed issues Um, What's interesting with Adam's background is that he spent several years at Ikea, which is known by most of my listeners. I'm sure many of us have shopped there. And Adam progressed through different levels of management very quickly. And he was offered the opportunity to become a country manager and at that point, he decided to leave the company. So that to me is a fascinating story because most people wanting to advance their careers would jump at such an opportunity. So let's start with what caused you to say no to that opportunity and say yes to becoming a life and leadership coach?
1: Wonderful, thank you very much for that introduction. And uh, you know, it's, it's a great way to start the, the conversation. So, um, and as you said, like I, 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 I was really much into the career that, that was my main thing. I worked for Ikea and, and I really progressed very, very fast through the ranks of, of leadership. And, uh, and I even joked like my, around my first couple of days starting at the company, I, I, I kind of said to some of my fellow colleagues that I'm going to be a country manager one day. And I, that, that I said that as a joke. Uh, But it was kind of an engine, a fuel for me to, to, to do what I did. So fast forward almost nine years, and there I was being interviewed to be groomed to become a country manager. And I was just, I just turned 30. And, you know, also to the story is that I have no background. Like I don't have higher education for this or that business strategies or leadership management, nothing like it. I do have a lot of proven track record when it comes to creating change and leading people, which was the reason why they kept promoting me and asking me to show up in places. Um, but actually, you know, being, being considered for this role was a huge honor for me. And and my family was, you know, crazy to, to even just, just happy that I managed to go so far. But at that point, I, I, um, so, What happened was on a Friday, I was interviewed for for this role and I took the weekend, spent it with my girlfriend. We were living apart at that time because I was moving with Ikea. So I spent the weekend with her and then on Monday morning, really, really early, I was in my car going back to Ikea and the sun was coming up and the the, the the warm rays of the sun just, just just touched me and I just like felt this relaxation and I, I, I took a really, really deep breath while I was driving there in a beautiful landscape and that's when it hit me. I couldn't remember the last time I had such a serene moment where I just like, I was so present. I just had that breath and it's just that presence and I was like, oh wow, that felt good. And it scared me that I couldn't remember the last time. And then another thought popped into my head going, well, when's going to be the next time? Because I realized if I say yes to this position, chances are I'll have less time to do that because I I don't have that time today. So I realized that saying yes to this is only basically going to give me more of what I have, you know, more money, uh, more more responsibility, more of the things I do enjoy, but also some of the things I really didn't enjoy. And that's when it hit me. I wasn't really happy doing what I was doing any longer. It had served me well for a while, but now there was a time for me to do something else. That was on Monday. I had the idea that perhaps maybe it's time to resign. Maybe it's, I should be doing something different. On Wednesday I'd quit my job. I I handed in my resignation. Uh, Two weeks later I'd actually left the company. Another month later, you know, me and my girlfriend, we, we traveled to across the world to the other side of the world living on a beach in Cambodia. And that's when I got really, really depressed. So I was thinking that, you know, I'm leaving the, uh, you know, the, the corporate world, I'm going to find myself, everything's going to be fantastic. Finally, I'm going to have time for myself and things are going to be great. And even when I stepped off the plane in in Thailand, I just had this feeling that "Mm, something's off, like it's not going the way I thought. Um, you know, and we, we can talk about that with, with expectations and suffering, how, how that goes hand in hand, right? But yeah. that was actually what was going on. So I, I suffered through like a five-month-long depression where I hardly got out of bed. And, and the reason, the main reason for that wasn't because I was now unhappy. It's, it's just my identity was completely gone, right? I, I built the person I'd become. And all of a sudden, by my own hand, uh, everything was gone. I've completely erased it. And that scared me. My, my, my ego, my identity, call it what you like. It just like, what now? Right. But that was actually what I needed. So I did some soul searching and I finally came up with like, I, I, at the end of it, I did a, a, you know, verbally, I was speaking out loud saying like, okay, what was it? I liked about everything, you know, in the past, and I, I came up with this, okay, I, I love making a change. I love working with people and I love coaching. So I thought maybe there's a way to combine it. Still coaching to me like as a profession was new to me. So I was like, is, is that even, can you do that? Can you actually combine those three areas and actually, and of course you can. Of course you can. So I went back, started my own business and and that's how the coaching business started for me. And And that's... You know, I'm on a journey now for about five, almost six years doing this. And it's been amazing, an amazing journey. Scary at times, but mostly just a fantastic joy.
0: What a story, though. And and I appreciate your honesty in leaving in those five months when you were depressed, because I think sometimes people don't want to show the downside of decisions (laughs) they make and Mm. paint the rosy picture, but you're more real when you acknowledge, hey, I struggled with this, and I totally understand what you're saying about that identity you had, and then what you had to recreate, really. You were recreating yourself into a new role and a new identity of who you Mm. were. And one of the things that I think would be fascinating for people to hear about, because my listeners are mostly folks who have their own businesses, they need to do business development, marketing, sales, Um, but you made a comment that you really don't do any marketing. And so, of course, that leads to the question, how do you get clients? Uh, Is there any form (laughs) of marketing that you do? Um, And how do people learn about you and, Mm. and decide they want to work with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. It's it's a, it's a great question. And I especially think it's interesting for, for your listeners. I know it was for me as well, listening to some of your episodes that you're bringing these powerhouses on to talk about that, like how you, you know, how you can grow yourself and your business, right? So the approach, I I, very quickly, when I started my own business, I, I found myself basically spending the majority of my working hours, which were, you know, the 12 or 13 hours in the beginning when you're starting something up, I was just like doing everything. But, but the majority of the hours was spent on marketing. It was spent on like make me making, and you know, the Facebook ads, to me at least, it was quite new at the time, you know, go back six years and it was rather, at least for me, new. And I'm not a graphic designer. I, you know, I worked at Ikea, so I have a some slight idea of what looks good and not, but I was never very good at it. So, me spending time on creating very fancy ads or images or, or copies, whatever, that's not very effective. Like, it doesn't work so well. So, I noticed that I spent so much time coming up with something that wasn't really good, Once it was done uh, and then, you know, trying to get it out on Facebook or trying to have people like it I made some flyers. I tried to hand out I did a lot of those like to me classic things just didn't work. So I I kind of managed to flip it all around. So I, I realized very early on that Instead of spending all that time marketing how 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 about I become a better coach? And, and by doing my profession, I'll, I'll, I'll convert people that way. Like I'll, I'll, I'll invite them to that conversation easier. Right. So that's what I did. I, I, I was lucky enough at one point I was, I rented my office space in a, like a co-working kind of an environment. Mm-hmm. So I started working around that place. Like I connected with people. I talked to people cause I'm really good at that. So I talked to them and, you know, I sort of understood. Okay, here's here's something they're struggling with. Maybe I can provide some clarity around that. So I'd I'd offer them to say, you know, do you want to do you want to walk off and sit down and actually have a conversation around this? Yeah, please, let's let's do that. So that was the the start of me realizing that I actually connect more by not having the barrier of um, marketing. So you know, in a way. And I think now to this day, a lot of probably your listeners—they are aware of the the book, the Prosperous Coach, mm-hmm. by Steve Chandler and Rich Lipton—they they they've made a system out of that beautiful um, you know approach of um, connecting with people before you start to propose your your packages, right?
0: Right. Yes, I, I think I personally sold about 50 copies of that with different coaches that I spoke to, yeah. because I read it and just loved their message, loved their approach. So I'm with you on that. It's I an amazing resource. It to any listeners who haven't purchased that, if you're in a service business, the prospect mm. coach.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, that's it. And I, I'm so glad they 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 did write that book because I I started that journey before I even read the book, but with the book in my hands, I all of a sudden I had a system. <laughs> there was a system, an actual approach you could you could you know apply. But I, I think that you know marketing is good. It, it can definitely be good. But I really think it's especially when we're doing what we're doing. Coaching is such an intimate relationship, and I think the way that we get to sell that relationship is by being in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So when we, instead of spending, you know, instead of becoming a good marketer, try becoming a good coach and you do that and you're going to see the conversion goes up. Uh, I, I track my conversion calls. So like my, my sales calls. So every time I'm on a a sales call with, with anyone, which is, you know, it's not an actual sales call. It's, it's a coaching call. It just happens to sometimes end with someone saying, Hey, let's, let's work together. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll track it. And I'm around right now. I'm at 83% conversion rate. I think that's pretty good. I've worked with online marketers. They're glad when they reach like 4.5 conversion rate, (laughs) I've got 83. So I take it as, okay, A, uh, it's time to raise your prices (laughs) or, or, you know, or B you're, you're not trying enough. Right, it's just, if it gets that easy, I'd much rather have 50-50. I think that's really exciting to go like, hmm, I wonder how I can get more people to say no because that's going to challenge me a bit, right? Mm-hmm. But just having that kind of conversations rather than focusing on marketing, that's what really built my business. And today, it's, it's all word of mouth, all referrals that way. Um, and if I ever need more clients, I was asked this question in one of the Facebook groups I'm in who's they, they target coaches in, in marketing. And I kind of like that. That's interesting because I'm, I'm the outlier of that. So I like to keep tabs on what's going on in, in that industry or that area. And they were saying like, uh, you know, when was the last time you asked for a referral from your old, old clients? And I just like, oh, yesterday right because that's my 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 system and everyone else commenting commenting was then like oh never i never do that and, and and that's the whole thing it's it's just they we all, in swedish we have a, a a saying which is don't cross the stream to get water i mean you could just stay on the s- same side you're on and and get water from there it's it's perfectly fine right it's kind of that idea not to you know take a a, a detour just to get to the same I, point. Yeah. And for me, it's that thing. I have clients, they're happy with what we've done together. If I just say, it's like, hey, if you like what we did, would you mind reaching out to someone you think would benefit from the work we've done together? And it's, yeah, of course I would. I love that. And they're going to make you know, the, the, the case for me. So if any system, if I had any system, I would guess that would be it, a referral, word of mouth kind of system.
0: Mm-hmm. And at what point do you ask for referrals. I'm curious how, how much, how far into your work with a client do you ask that question um, shared?
1: It's, it's more based on, it's more based on if I have an opening in my calendar, I think. Right. So it, it's more about, uh, and I think I learned this from, was it Steve Chandler perhaps who talked about this, where he talks about Look at your calendar. He will do this with any coach he coaches. He's going to go into his calendar and go, "Okay, let's see. Uh, where are you planning for client creation? Right? Can I see that in your calendar? Uh, because if you don't have it in your calendar, don't be surprised if you don't have any clients. Right? So I've what I've done is my calendar has two colors. It's uh, blue or flamingo red. Blue stands for all the 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 sessions or the the, the paid conversations that I have. So if it's blue, it means that I, it's a client I have and you know, they're on a payment plan or they're part of a package. Flamingo red means it's a potential client. So we can even be networking, right? So if I go to an entrepreneurial meetup, I'll put it as flamingo red because it's still something that might lead to something. Mm -hmm. Uh, if I ever notice for whatever reason that, Oh, I I need more money. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I need it for whatever reason. I only have to go to my calendar, open it up and look for the flamingo red, uh, uh, appointments because I can't wish for more money unless there is more flamingo red in my calendar. Right. (laughs) And it becomes a very, very visual uh, reminder of, Oh, that's right. I want more money. I want more clients then I have to have more flamingo red in my calendar. Very simple as that. So, you know would, would when i work with i you know i have an apprentice i work with sometimes uh, coaching clients who wanting to become coaches that's the thing i teach them like have have a, a two color system in your calendar because it keeps you accountable mm-hmm. don't don't come to me and say i don't have any clients unless you have appointments in your calendar sort of saying but i'm working on it mm-hmm. so when would i ask for a referral well when i need it and it would be So it would be a trigger of sorts like, okay, I I kind of have an opening in my calendar coming up and I'm wanting to take in more clients or I'm, I'm launching this workshop. I kind of want people to attend. I'd still do the same. I had an online workshop for a while, uh, a couple of months ago. I sent out personal emails to eight people, six of them signed up. So again, I didn't, I, I knew them. I knew that if I, if I sent them an email or a message, I know them by name, I know they will reply to me. So instead of going the other way, going on Facebook saying, like, hey, I've got this workshop coming up, you you know, you click on this, come to a landing page and sign up. And no, I don't have to. I have beautiful relationships already within me, within my, my circle of of clients or acquaintances. I simply need to reach out to them, connect with them as a human-to-human kind of a thing. And, you know. That was a good good conversation conversation and conversion, right?
0: Absolutely. Well, there's so many things you've just said there, Adam, that I love. And the underlying theme <clears throat> for me is real relationships. Um, yep. And I remember talking to somebody that was a marketer who had run a Facebook ads and he had found the quality of his leads from those were very different than when he reached out like you were just describing to people who knew him already. Yeah. And so I think that's the thing that sometimes people overlook when they're looking to build and expand their business is who do I already know that you know is aware of me that likes me to some level or trusts me to some degree that I could reach out to. And the other point is it isn't about quantity. It's about quality, you know, six out of eight is, you know, pretty close to your 83% close rate. It's that Mm -hmm. same kind of percentage where you're not doing the scatter approach. It's very targeted, focused on people who already are familiar with you and would likely resonate with what it is you're offering
1: definitely there's um i base that whole idea on this I, I can't remember what this is but this can easily be found if you google um a thousand true fans or a thousand raving fans there's a there's like a it's not a study it's more like um a, a little bit of an essay i think it was a guy who who basically did the math on like if you if you had a thousand raving fans a thousand true fans mm-hmm and they buy everything you put out there. Do the math. Like if you, if you had a thousand people buying on average something from you every year around a hundred dollars or $300, you know, that adds up to quite a bit of a sum of money, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, if you think about it, it, is it that far-fetched to think, could I possibly have a thousand raving fans? Or in my case, I, I like to shrink it down a bit and I think a hundred. So I go, can I create my own tribe of a hundred raving fans, right? Because I know I'm one of, you know, I, I belong to several of those tribes where every time they put out a book or in a seminar or a course, I'm there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have me as a true fan, right? right. And yes. we do that. And even when you look at the evolutionary um, studies of, of, of us as, as a human species, we, we see that often at times we, we lived in, in, a, as, you know, in villages or small villages of up to 100 or 150 people. Mm-hmm. You can even talk about organizations and leadership and all of that, the efficiency of leadership in bigger organizations. We know there's a, some magical number around that 100, 150 people, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you could almost remember 100 names, and if you can have that kind of close relationship with your clients or prospects or you know fans, that's going to be the conversion is higher that way. You're going to enjoy it as well because you're actually working with the people you enjoy spending time with.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. That is very profound. So let's look at that 83% closing rate that you have. Let's go deeper in your initial conversation with someone when you are Really, having a coaching call with them, but it's preliminary. They're not paying you any money at that point. You want to find out how, if it's possible for the two of you to work together. So, talk a bit about mm. what's your approach there to those. Uh, we'll call them sales conversations. Some people, you know, get hung up on that, but it's mm. the idea of you have to speak to potential clients if you hope to have them sign up with you. So, tell us your secret about reaching 83 percent
1: yeah good so i mean of course <clears throat> getting on the call is you know having that conversation how you get to that point is it can be very very different and uh perhaps we we, we stay clear from yeah, that let's go
0: let's no let's go back a little yeah? bit further because i like that where where are situations where you propose having that conversation mm. and then All get right. into how the conversation goes
1: yeah, good. I I think as I'm thinking about it, it's probably quite similar. So, but let's let's see where this goes. Okay, so it it really comes out of curiosity. I mean, I uh, Steve Chandler says needy is creepy, and and that goes for all relationships, <laughs> not just right. in sales, right? Yes. So if you ever come across as needy, I would say that's gonna that's gonna um, affect your relationship in a negative way. So you never really want to come from that position of neediness. So I've, I've created clients in, in yoga studios, not because I int- attended, but I was waiting for my girlfriend to finish, right? I was sitting outside the yoga studio as she was finishing up. And I've done that because I've, I, 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 first of all, I'm not afraid to talk to people, right? Just having a human to human connection, first of all. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do that, I'm not proposing that we look at people as uh, problems and we want to fix them all. I don't think that's a very helpful attitude to have, like to look for the, the, <laughs> the issues right. with someone right. because you tend to project that as well. Like there's always something wrong with, with you know the, the speaker or the listener. So instead, just be curious and listen to them. So <clears throat> I know that when you and I connected the first time, I told you about this uh, this old sales technique that I heard about way back which was it's, it's all centered around two two parts it's it said the first half of the conversation you're not allowed to talk about yourself your services or your products and the second half you ask about the one thing you understood the least right you do this and you're going to see that this individual in front of you, they are going to feel so heard, so understood, that if and when you ever say, hey, do you want to have a conversation and, and, and deep, d- dive deeper? They're going to go, yes, when, right? Because actually, I think a lot of times what we lack is that connection people to people. If I do this sometimes with my apprentices, I'll have them go to a cafe and you know sit ne- you know at a table by yourself but sit next to someone else like a couple or a group of people and just listen to the the level of conversation that they're having you're gonna you're gonna hear that a lot of times people talk at each other rather than actually with each other and and I think as a coach our superpower is that 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 to to get to that level of you know, hearing the words behind the words or the emotions behind it, or even, even deeper than that, understanding what's not being said, right? And when you get to that point, when you're having a conversation where you're not trying to be, you're not coming across as needy because you're not talking about your products, your services, and who, how good you are, how great you are. No, you're just listening. And then you ask, oh, that was interesting. Would you mind telling me more about that? Because you honestly, you didn't, that thing was the, the biggest question mark for you. They talk more about that. And, and that relationship is going to be, so basically the, the, the oldest communication model I know is first understand, then you get understood. Mm. We apply that in sales. We apply that in, in sales conversations. It builds a, a, a very powerful relationship. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's how I, I've, I've done with most of the people I meet. It's, it's to just listen and listen with real curiosity, with, with a, an authentic presence, right? Not to go, okay, when can I jump in and uh, give them a solution, <clears throat> right? Yeah. So you, you could even say this, you, the more of an impact you can make with your, your clients, the less you'll struggle as a coach, and if you focus on impact before income, you'll see that income follows impact. Truly. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you yeah. take away something from this, it's just f- make an impact, focus on impact. And you can even look at this, like, you know, people have discovery calls, kind of what you described as well. Are they short discovery calls? Um, you know, 30 minute discovery calls. Are you able to give that individual a real experience of what it looks like to work with you? so I would say instead of having shorter discovery calls, maybe having a full full length coaching call where you bring all your best tools and you know your presence and everything serve them so well that they they like, "Oh, how can I continue this?" I think that that is way more impactful rather than going oh let's um." you know, let's have this traditional discovery call and see if, if uh, you know, you have the money (laughs) because that's what you get to in 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. That is so, so profound what you're saying. And in fact, it ties in with my very favorite line that was in the Prosperous Coach, which was in one of Rich Litvin's chapters, I think. And it was a question he said that you bring with your mindset when you have one of these conversations and it's how can I serve this person so powerfully that they never forget our conversation for the rest Mm -hmm. of their life? Well, you can't be talking about your services, your pricing or anything else. If it's going to have that kind of a lifelong impact on the person, you have to be present the way you're describing. You have to really be committed to, listening deeply and responding in ways that nobody else has with them.
1: I love that you said that. That is such a powerful distinction. Just what you said there, the the way you summarized it because it's it's really that thing. If you if you think about it, someone who's more interested in the sales, more interested in just, you know, talking about their services or products, how are they able how would they ever be able to serve you so well, right? And I think Jason Goldberg is, he was on your podcast as well. And he, I can't remember if he mentioned this, but I've worked with him as well. He's been my business coach and he usually says this when it comes to serving, he likes to, and this is morbid, but he likes to look at someone and go, I'm going to serve him in a way that, you know, he's imagining that he, that Jason's going to be hit by a bus tomorrow. Or, or something like that. So it's like, if I serve this guy, it's, um, it's going to be my last day on earth. So mm-hmm. I might as well give my all, right? You, you manage to enter the room with that kind of mindset. Yeah. You hold nothing back. You're going to make an impact. So when or if there is an opportunity for you guys to work together, it's going to be a no-brainer. I mean, yes, money might be part of that equation, but i I've spent more money than I would l- <laughs> ever imagine I would on my own personal coach. And, and I can tell you it's, and this might upset people, but it's never about the money. It's never about the money. It's, it's just a matter of if you can see the value of, of, of that investment, Mm -hmm. the money is just the phone number you have to dial to get to, you know, be connected. That's it. That's all it is. So when people go, it's, it's, no, I don't have the money then you go back to you and you go, where did I, what, how can I serve them more? Like, how can I show them uh, an, an even greater impact? Because they are not still convinced this is for them, mm-hmm. right? If, if money is part of the equation, that's it. Because people will make, they will find the money if if it's worth it to them. So not to go too much into the money issue, because that that can be a big one. But yeah, I just wanted to. Clarify this, you know. Have have strength. Um, confirm this mentality of serve someone so well, you know, like if, as if you were going to hit by, by, be a hit by a bus tomorrow.
0: <laughs> you know that that really is a great add on because the mentality, the attitude you you bring to that kind of situation is, you know, I may not be here. So what can I bring to this person that can impact them after I'm gone? that's, that's huge. So I'd love to hear some examples of clients that you have helped in this way, either, you know, in your initial sales conversation and then afterwards, but give us some examples of the the impact you're having on people through your coaching.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things that tends to happen is I, I, uh, I tend to attract and create clients uh, who are entrepreneurs or you know they they're running smaller businesses and often they will come to me because of you know they're wanting to uh, grow their business or they wanting they have some leadership issues they wanting to handle as well that's often how we start but i like to slow things down so I like to not coach i i, I call it upgrading the os versus you know focusing on the app or the program right so if someone says i want to be a better leader or i want um, i want more revenue okay cool we can you know give me give me three streams of revenue that you currently have or you're wanting, wanting to create now that's focusing on the apps or the program right it's just installing new ways of doing things what if we upgraded the os which means you the individual right Mm-hmm. So I, I scale things back, and instead of coaching the problem, I coach the person behind it, because it's, it what tends to happen is like, <clears throat> it's like with a butterfly. Like you know, if once it got wings, the whole world changed for it. Like if you can fly, nothing looks the same as as it was when you were crawling on the ground. Mm-hmm. So when you upgrade the OS, things will shift for them, and. You know, one of the things that I've, um, I've done I, I, with, with my clients, it is that thing. We might start on business strategies, but a lot of times it will bring things back to make it part of their OS. And what tends to happen is that they upgrade their, their relationships. They will uh, either improve the relationships they're in, or they will generate and create a loving relationships outside of that. And, and that's just been a side effect of that. Like with one of my clients, she's a, she's a designer in Los Angeles creating these um, beautiful dog crates. So, they, you know, your dog doesn't have to walk around being carried in a, in a cage. So these are really beautiful looking things. I, I, I've been with her throughout that whole process of, of putting the company together uh, and and going through that process of starting and launching and creating it. And during that time also, she's a single mother working her day job while launching her her business. And at one point she was like, Adam, I'm ready for a relationship. I want to meet someone. Right. So we kind of, we kind of worked around that as well. It just happened to be that way. And, you know, now she's married, she's, she's got this wonderful family working on that. And I got to be part of that journey from from like zero, and' it 's an amazing journey to be on when you 're not just fixing the problem you 're upgrading the the, the individual, mm-hmm. so you get to experience these transformations where we started with you know a person who might have some some challenging beliefs around relationships and trust and, and all of that to you know upgrading the OS having them open up and attracting the right partner. And, and being part of that, being invited to their wedding and all of those things. It's just that is relationships, a beautiful, beautiful relationship mm-hmm. and an impact. Um, and I, I, I need to say also, I think it's no surprise that she's one of my biggest referrals. Like she refers a lot of people my way. And, and it just happens to be because like we've done so much work together. The impact's really been there. Mm. And, and that's what I'm seeing. If, I'm, if I didn't manage to make an impact, I, I, I think perhaps I, I would be a bit more hesitant to ask for a referral because the impact needs to kind of be present.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you've earned the right because you know how you have helped them. Mm. And people who, I think when you attract the kind of people that you do to work with you, they are people that that. Are uncomfortable if they don't reciprocate in some way so when and I think that's a key thing too that whole thing of being needy is being aware of who really is your ideal client mm. not just in terms of demographics you know industry or position in a company or whatever it is they do in their career but the kind of person who is interested and open in upgrading their operating system and not just a singular problem, even though that's what they may come to you with initially, when you help them see it's bigger than that. Um, I just think that that's a key part of Hmm. having a successful coaching, consulting, service business is recognizing who, who do you, what kind of person do you love to work with? yes
1: definitely definitely i
0: was and thinking I, I, oh, yeah. you were thinking about
1: yeah, so I, I, I was thinking about <clears throat> another very clear example perhaps to you know to 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 go back to some of the things we already talked about but in very recently i had a conversation with a with a lady working in a hotel and and, you know, she's a manager, sales manager, wanting to increase the sales. And she's like, oh, you're a coach in, in leadership and sales and relationships and all of that. Uh, would you mind, you know, you know what, what, what's your package? Like, would you mind sharing your your strategy? And I said, I, I can definitely do that. But please, would you be open to having a conversation? Like, where, you know, just reschedule a time for us to sit down and, you know, in a calm environment. She said, yeah, yeah, of course, I can do that. Because I don't like, I don't think it's helpful to give my price that way. It's like they have no reference to, oh, so that's what you're charging for what? Well, you know, you you need to have the comparison in order to actually see the value. Mm -hmm. So I like to slow things down. So what we did instead is that we started having that slower conversation where I used that idea of, you know, not talking about my services to begin with. So first, I was all about understanding her, her needs and the team needs, what the team needs, right? And and then finally, I started asking about the things I you know, understood the least so that I get a clearer picture. And finally, at that moment, I, you know, if, if you're using, depending on what kind of strategies you use in your coaching, but if you use reflections, reflecting back what they're saying – you you might use the exact same words, you might use complex reflections, which means that you're kind of changing the words a bit but summarizing what you heard. People get the sense that you understand them. And because you can reflect back their their problem, their issue, they now have a they have a relationship with you going like, oh, he understands me. He's got the solution. Now, most of the time I might, right? But often, you know, to be honest. It takes a bit longer than just a discovery call to actually come to the, oh, this is what's going to fix everything, right? But I trust the process, and I dare to slow it down, and I dare to say, hey, you know, I want to understand you because I really don't want to work with someone I can't help or mm-hmm. I'm not a good fit for because it tends to, it tends to come back and bite me <laughs> if, if you go sure. ahead just for the neediness of, of, of the money.
0: That's an excellent point, because I think sometimes we, we get in these situations where we feel like, oh, I've got to make. And people sense that they pick up on mm-hmm. it, even though you may be saying the right words, they can feel it and and read it. So let's let's talk about something else that um, I know you had boiled down to very simple and it's your coaching model. It's three simple steps, and I would love to have you share that because I think there's application outside of just strictly the coaching piece.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I, I know that I borrowed the first two steps somewhere. Uh, I can't remember from whom or who actually said it at first, but it's, it's based on this idea that the, the simplest coaching model there is is show up and then respond to whatever shows up. And my three part is, uh, and then you invite change, right? So you would show up, you respond to whatever shows up, and then you invite change. So to me, that means to show up. Uh, if you define that, what that really means or what that would look like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have you show up more present and it's going to have you focus on impact, right? Because if you're showing, it's, it's all about the coach. It's about you showing up, right? You have to do that. So how would you show up that would increase impact? How would you show up that would serve someone so powerfully that they want to continue or they, you know, they can have a transformation in their life or, or business. So you, 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 you define that for yourself. What does it mean to show up like that? Right. Second, show up to whatever, uh, respond to whatever shows up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the, that's if, you know, if, if you want to break it down, at least from my perspective, that's about the coaching methodology. It's, it's about how do you respond to what shows up? Some people use NLP. Some people would use, uh, you know, uh, CTB uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, all kinds of different modalities. But it's, it's really that thing. Like you, then you make yourself available for anything that shows up as a coach I think the less of an agenda that we bring to the conversation, the the deeper we can go, Mm -hmm. the more impact we can make as well. And that would, that's to me, that's what it means to respond to whatever shows up. You're not, you're not moderating the, the conversation. You're responding to what comes through. And finally, when you've done all of these steps, that's when you can invite change for someone because, and I call it invite because I really believe you can't change someone who just doesn't want to change, but we can invite them. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really get to talk about, you know, your skill as a coach uh, in, in in terms of how do you get someone to go deeper, see, have a bigger insight. How do you get them to have sustainable, Habits change, or uh, consistency before complexity, intensity, or volume. Right, and it, so yeah, in 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 that in so many words, that's that's my simplest coaching model.
0: Well, I think it's great for anyone when you're having a sales conversation, or actually being in a coaching situation, or any interaction, even with a family member. Mm. You know, <laughs> That this has to me universal application. Showing up, really giving your full attention, making mm. it, and then being open. Uh, because I think sometimes, I know I tend to be wanting to be organized. You know, get my plan. But I have learned in recent years how much calmer I can be if I just allow to happen. You know, yes. what's going to unfold, and then just respond to it and not be disappointed because I had a certain expectation that things were going to go a particular way. And I think people sense that relaxed calmness that you bring in that kind of a situation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that brings, that touches on a very, very important point to some of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the coaches I work with, a lot of times they go like, but Adam, just give me, give me the powerful questions and I'll ask it. Right. And I know saw this resource, but I managed to download a PDF with 459 powerful questions, something like that. It's an amazing resource. So so many powerful questions. I was like, yes, now I have it. It's finally, I don't have to, uh, you know, don't know what to, to I, I never have to hesitate about any question. Now the issue with that is you can't use it. Like you, it's not like how, how, ever are, you, how are you ever going to find the right question for the right time? Right. <laughs> right? You can't. So I've come to understand that really that the, the step two in that model to show up whatever respond to whatever shows up, it's exactly what you're saying when you can hone your skills in such a way and you can bring curiosity, openness, the question is going to present itself. Yes. Right. Some of my clients go, you know, coaches, they will say, what's the question? What, what's the best question to ask in a situation like that? Who knows? You, you can never, never rehearse that. You can never know that. Right. And I used to, I used to, I'm a very analytical person. So in the beginning I used to like create scripts. If they say this, I'll say that. If that, And never, never did it work out. Never, right? Because it just, that's not the way a a real human conversation goes. Mm -hmm. But if you stay open, you're going to sense what's the right question to ask
0: next. And what you're really getting at there is trusting our intuition. When we tend to be the more left brain, analytical, structured, sequential, whatever you want to call it, it gets in the way of relaxing and just really tuning in Mm. and you know adam we could just keep going on i realize (laughs) that we uh we really have come to the end of this conversation but i would love to have another one because there's so much richness in what you've said and what i love about the overall theme of this discussion is just being fully present with another human being so they feel Mm. valued Because I know one of my core beliefs is that everyone has this deep need to be understood and to, and to feel appreciated as a person. And so the greatest gift you can give someone is to show up the way you're describing where they can sense that you are with them. And so it's no surprise to me that you're, you know, closing ratio, if you want to refer to it as such, is 83% that you close, you you bring on board as clients, such a large percentage of the people you speak with because they of how they feel after that conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, this has been very enriching for me personally to have this conversation with you. So I want to thank you for being who you are and for the gift you've been to my program today and i would like to ask you to let others know how they can connect with you i know that's your theme this year and we didn't get a chance sure. to it, but <laughs> i know you're eager to connect with others so how can they find you and connect with you and learn more about your services
1: yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so you, you, you can always reach out to me via my, my homepage, which is which is my name, adamkabalik.com. Um, that's an easy way to, to go. And you know, there are some other resources there. I, I do sometimes some videos and stuff like that. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I mostly use, you know, my my personal profile to 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 reach out to people. So it's easier to find me that way, which is again my name, Adam Kabalek. And uh, Instagram, Adam Kabalik Coaching. So those would be the, the easiest way to connect with me and, and stay in touch.
0: And I'm going to just spell your name so people can find you. It's A-D-A-M-K-A-W-A-L-E-C. And uh, we'll have that also on our show notes page for your interview. But for people that are listening only on one of their favorite podcast uh, stations, then I just wanted to make sure they could find you. Thank you again, Adam. It's been such a joy to talk to you today.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm very, very happy to to be on the show.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.